our uh, scripture passages. There's a few verses I'd like to read from Proverbs as we continue our, our look at selected Proverbs during the summer. Both come from chapter 12 of Proverbs. Verse 1. Very blunt, straightforward words. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Hmm. Verse 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. I want to begin by telling a, a true story told by a pastor in Florida. He writes, as I sat with my family at a local breakfast establishment one morning, I noticed a finely dressed man um, at an adjacent table. He had an Armani suit, a stiffly pressed shirt, and he had a power tie. His wingtip shoes sparkled. Every hair was in place, including his perfectly groomed mustache. The man sat alone eating a bagel as he prepared for a meeting. As he reviewed the papers in front of him, I could tell it was an important meeting because he, he looked nervous and he would check his, his Rolex watch every once in a while. The man stood up and I, I watched as he straightened his tie and prepared to leave. And immediately I noticed something. I noticed that on his perfectly, uh, must, perfect mustache was a, a blob of, a glob of, of cream cheese. And I thought of the business meeting he was about to attend and... I wondered, who would tell him? Should I tell him? What if nobody did? Let me stop here for a second. We'll, we'll finish the story. What would you do? Would you go running after this complete stranger uh, and t- say, hey, no, no, you wouldn't. All right. All right. That very honest answer. No. All right. I like that. Would you find it too awkward? You know, it's a complete stranger. Would you feel it's not your place? On the other hand, what if you were the man? Wouldn't you want somebody to tell you? Or would you rather discover it on your own, maybe perhaps when it was too late? What do you do when you need to say something? Or what do you do when somebody says something to you that maybe you don't want to hear? It's a little bit embarrassing. Listen to how the story played out. He says, I pushed my chair back and stood to warn him, but the tables were too close and the noise of the crowd was too loud. He was at the door and on his way out before I could stop him. Hopefully the man looked in the mirror when he got in his car and saved himself from embarrassment. Commenting on this story, pastor and author C.J. Mahaney writes, the harsh reality is that we all have cream cheese on our faces. In fact, whether we're aware of it or not, there is cream cheese on your face right now. Others around you clearly see it. And we need their help to identify its presence. Today, as we continue our sermon series out of the book of of Proverbs, um, we come to a very straightforward topic. Maybe even seems a little bit mundane, but but there's there's a reason it's, it's hit upon over and over and over throughout the book of Proverbs. It looks at this topic of, of taking advice, of, of receiving criticism, of speaking the truth in, in love, and how so many of us, all of us at times, if we're honest, struggle with receiving criticism, struggle with being teachable and open to rebuke or correction. And since it's a, a pretty straightforward topic, I'm going to keep the sermon pretty straightforward as well. And we're going to look at three realities that are related to this topic of criticism or teachability and how we respond to it. First, we all need criticism. 
the Proverbs were given by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, we're told in the Bible. They were given to us so that we could grow in wisdom, so we could live life wisely and well. And one of the major themes is this whole idea of the contrast between the wise person and the fool. And the common denominator that you see over and over is their response to criticism. Listen to this verb, uh, verse again I, I started with. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 17, a rebuke impresses a discerning person more than a, thou, a hundred lashes a fool. So according to Solomon in Proverbs, being teachable and willing to receive correction is the mark of a mature person. The ability to take advice, correction, and rebuke is not only considered a mark of the wise, but we're told as well that it's thought to determine the path of the wise. Scripture, in fact, tells us that both the wise and the foolish reap consequences according to how they take criticism. Proverbs 13, whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects the command is rewarded. Proverbs 15, those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but those who heed correction gain understanding. Perhaps my favorite proverb about this topic is in chapter 27. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. There is such a thing as friendly wounds. If you have a friend that you trust and who loves you enough to risk hurting you by lovingly but truthfully speaking about an issue in your life, those bruises, those wounds can be redemptive. They love you enough to speak truth. Love and correction in Scripture goes hand in hand over and over. But on the other hand, Solomon says, the enemy may sweet-talk you, overwhelm you with flattery, but fail to tell you that you have a, a blob of you know, cream cheese on your face. They don't love you enough to tell you the truth. So the scripture is very clear. We, we need, we all need criticism. And every single one of us needs loving correction and rebuke, and it's a, it's a mark of true friendship. I like how Paul David Tripp uh, puts it. He writes, we must remember that sin is deceitful. Sin blinds, and guess who gets blinded first? Me. He says, I have no trouble seeing the sins of my family, but I can be astonished when mine are pointed out. And I love how he concludes this. It's a great description. My self-perception is as accurate as a carnival mirror. You look into it, it's distorted. If we don't have people in our lives who are telling us the truth in love, and if we are not humble enough to receive it, then we're missing out on something that is critical for our well-being and our thriving as followers of Christ. Correction is absolutely necessary for wise living, and it's the mark of, of true friendship. We, we, it's been proven today we have an illustration from this morning. Uh, um, a staff person has given me permission to share this. They, they shared it with me with the idea it could be shared. I'm going to maintain their 
their anonymity, but the person is 6'5 plus, <laughs> with sort of a reverse mohawk and a, and a very deep voice. Now, but this person was standing outside greeting, um, and um, Fred, one of our faithful greeters, walked up to him and said, Hey, hey, um, uh, begins with a W, I will, uh, I'll take your place. Um, I've got it covered. And then he paused and said, besides, your fly has been open the whole time. (laughs) We need criticism. We need helpful criticism. The the willingness to share the truth in love is essential in our spiritual development. Secondly, even though we need criticism, we are afraid to receive it. All the Proverbs assume this reality that we all suffer from a fatal condition called pride. Pastor West spoke about this uh, a few weeks back, about the need for humility. And there are all kinds of proverbs that get to the heart of this, like whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but those who heed correction gain understanding. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. So, If we welcome life-giving correction, Solomon says, we will be at home among the wise. And if that's the case, why wouldn't we be open and seeking input, feedback, correction, rebuke from those who know us and love us? The reason why not, this isn't the case often, is because we, we haven't cultivated humility. We, we all struggle at times with being willing to admit we're wrong or, or have made mistakes. The problem is pride, and pride is, is deadly. Proverbs says this about the proud. There is more hope for fools than for them. This is a great definition of humility, I found. Humility is honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our brokenness and sinfulness. So to be humble, we really need to understand who God is, how powerful He is, how perfect, how just, how good. And we need to understand ourselves. We're created in His image, yes, but we're also fallen and broken and and sinful. To be humble is to understand these two perspectives. And the opposite of this is, is pride, where we exalt ourselves, try to justify ourselves, try to protect ourselves. So we all need criticism, but we all tend to reject it. And the problem is, is that good criticism, correction or rebuke, strikes at the heart of who's on the throne of our lives. Because when we get right down to it, Pride is really idol of ourself. We're designed to have God on the throne of our lives, but in pride we put ourselves on that throne. And we have this deep-rooted desire to place ourselves and our reputation and our honor above everything else. And we have this controlling desire for self-justification to be proven right or righteous in the eyes of others. But if we persist In the idolatry of ourselves, it will lead to ruin. This is where even unfair criticism can give insight 
Because criticism of any kind will reveal whether or not we're on the throne or whether God is. Critics are our friends because they reveal if we've been thinking too highly of ourselves or not. Thirdly and finally, it is the cross of Jesus Christ that gives us everything we need to receive criticism well. I love these words from Romans 8 where Paul writes this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then can condemn? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So ultimately, it is the cross of Christ where we receive justification, where we receive acceptance, where, our, where we receive wholeness and healing, where, where we're, we're received by the living God. It's in the cross of Christ that allows us to to not respond negatively or poorly to criticism. Because first of the cross, because of the cross, we can affirm God's judgment of us. As God's word says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And so that should cause us to not try to elevate ourselves above others or to think, well, yeah, yeah, you, I struggle with this, but you struggle with that issue even more. There's no room for that at the foot of the cross. Because no one else's criticism of me could match the thoroughness of God's critique and judgment of me. As Spurgeon once said, our best performances are so stained with sin that it's hard to know whether they are good works or bad. So in light of of our own brokenness and fallenness, but in light of God's acceptance of us, Who are we to get so bent out of shape when somebody speaks truth in love into our lives? Because Christ has paid the penalty of our sin and God has reckoned Christ's righteousness as our own. And because of this, we can have confidence. And we, even though the whole world may stand against us, may try to tear us down, critique us, fairly or unfairly, we can reply, if God has justified me, Who can condemn me? If God declares me righteous and accepts me and never will forsake me, then why should I feel insecure and and reject a rebuke or correction? And we can begin to live out the implications of these truths in our lives because we're accepted and we have nothing to prove to the world. I invite you to apply this to your lives today to ask God to give you the rock-solid confidence that yet, because yet though you are sinful, you are completely and fully accepted in Jesus Christ. And to walk daily in the light of the cross and get your security from that, not in your, your ego. And then open your life to speak truth and allow others to speak true you, truth to you in love so that we can say like David did, that a righteous person strike me, that is a kindness. Let them rebuke me, that is oil, like anointing on my head. And my head 
will not refuse it. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful that though we are sinful people, broken people, Lord, that through your Son, Jesus, you have made it possible for us to be made whole, to be accepted, to be justified. Lord, help us to be humble people. Uh, Help us to be open to critique and correction. Lord, help us to be willing to risk to the people around us that we know and love to speak correction and truth as well in love. We just thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us. And we offer ourselves to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.